Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 890, air date February 22nd, 2021. Uh, Dr. Shiva, uh, welcome to the program. I, uh, I just tried to pick up the phone. I think you might have tried to call me or maybe uh, Manju had uh, tried to call me on the other line. But uh, thank you for joining us. I'm, uh, I was in a, a panic trying to fill in for you. <laughs> okay, I'm sure you did a good job. Well, uh, I have to tell you, uh, the information that you had on the absolute proof video, and I saw another video about a month and a half ago that you did with uh, two of your friends who are uh, involved in data research and systems engineering, uh -huh. uh, where you showed the anomalies that had happened. And I, it seems to me like it was in the state of Wisconsin, but it may have been in Michigan. Michigan. I'm not sure. Okay. All righty. Anyway, I want, uh, we're going to give you as much time as you want to spend with us, but um, I want you to talk about, first of all, what occurred in your election uh, when you ran for Senate in Massachusetts, because you got a really, really good insight into how the system uh, gets manipulated in Massachusetts, and then uh, you got involved when the presidential election went the way it did. Yours was a primary election that you, you saw skewed so bad, correctly? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. One thing, Dan, are you recording this also, right? Yes. Yes. This is being recorded. If you are, in, in, in this interview, if you can give it to me, I'll also stream it, you know, afterwards. Sure. We will. It. Okay. Yeah, because I think what I want to, you know, I've been, uh, let me start this way to everyone listening. This is what people need to understand. In the United States, we do not have elections. We have selections. So I'm going to tell the punchline, and as we would do in science, what the thesis statement is, and I'm going to back into and prove that. We have selections. We do not have elections. We, for many, many years, the mainstream media has been always pointing at other countries as, quote, unquote, third world countries, be it, um, and, you know, dictatorships, you know, Venezuela and China and Russia and, you know, failed democracies, Africa, India, wherever you want to put it. And what I want to assert is what I've unfortunately discovered is that this country has becoming, Massachusetts, I'll tell you right now, is a third world state. And this country is becoming that or if not that already. And maybe it's perhaps for us to assume that's where we are. So we have an opportunity to actually get, dig ourselves out. But that's the thesis statement. And for me to say that it's quite uh, unfortunate for me to say that because my parents left India. Um, you know, we grew up as what we're called low caste, you know, untouchables, which means the lowest of the low, to come to this country primarily for a couple of reasons. One was because of the fairness and the equality this country offered, but the other person was the concept of one person, one vote, right? These were two things that compelled my parents from their extraordinary circumstances to come here, and that's what motivated me to work hard to do well in school, start, get, I was a research fellow at the age of 14, where I created the first email system in Newark, New Jersey. Before I came to MIT, ended up getting four degrees, started a bunch of companies and still continue to work hard and decided that it was important that other kinds of voices be in the American landscape of politics, you know, maybe an engineer, maybe a scientist. And that's why I decided to run. In 2018, we ran. And uh, the our biggest enemy, even though I ran initially as a Republican, was not the Democrats, but the Republicans, the Republican GOP. So the other thesis statement is everyone should dump this 
stuff in the garbage that Republicans versus Democrats, left versus right. This is a fake dialectic. And as long as people fall into this, nothing will happen and you're caught in the enemy's clutches because they want you to practice WWF wrestling and they want you to watch the Kabuki theater, which is what took place over the last four years. So the in 2018, when I ran against Elizabeth Warren, by the way, no one uh, from the quote unquote Trump campaign supported us when they should have. We're the ones who went hard against Warren. We're the ones who forced her to take the DNA test. We ran as Republicans. The Massachusetts GOP in 2018 ran a guy who had photoshopped a picture with Trump. There's three hands in the picture. And that was done to convince Trumpers that this guy was a Trump candidate. You follow? So we were forced to run as independents. We got 100,000 votes. We're the ones who exposed Warren as having low integrity, you know, or no integrity. And we got 100,000 votes. That was in 2018, five times more than any independent candidate ever in Massachusetts history. In 2020, we decided to run as Republicans in the primary. And we ended up having 3,000 volunteers, which is quite extraordinary. Mm -hmm. You know, over 10,000 lawn signs, 20,000 bumper stickers. We raised a couple of million, all bottoms up. People from all over the country sent us five bucks, 10 bucks, because we were hitting hard at the fundamental issue of the freedom was being denied. And when you deny freedom, you can't get to truth. And without truth, you can't understand real problems to get to health. And without health, you don't have the infrastructure for yourself personally or you know, broadly to fight for freedom, truth, freedom, and health. That slogan, which was more than just a slogan, was founded on very fundamental scientific principles caught hold and we were everywhere, Dan. The, the word in Massachusetts when it was Dr. Shiva, we had at least 90, 95% visibility was the word landslide, was everywhere. The Massachusetts GOP, again, the Republicans were our real enemies. They found some fool to run who was nowhere to be found. No campaign organization, no lawn signs, no bumper stickers, nothing. We went to every city and the word, again, I, I keep mentioning was landslide. September 1st, 2020 was a Republican primary, and I was campaigning all the way until, you know, 7 p.m. Well, we had our party set and we see the results come in. In the Massachusetts counties, in Franklin County, which is predominantly all hand-counted ballots, we win there by 10 points. And in every other county, it was 60-40, 60-40, 60-40, 60-40. Here's a guy who grew up in Greenwich, Connecticut, who gets 60-40 in all black, you know, Brockton, okay? Yeah. In all Hispanic Lawrence. This guy was like a man for all seasons, impossible. Mm -hmm. The yeah. night before the election, the Secretary of State, whose, whose name is the, the Prince of Darkness, completely corrupt guy, Bill Galvin, he said only 150,000 people are gonna vote in the, in the Republican primary, when in every primary, at least 260,000 people have voted. So he was, because he knew our election was bringing out people, 60% of our campaign were people who never voted, Dan. We were, we were really bringing out the American masses who had really were, were looking for a real candidate, which was us, which was me. Mm -hmm. so, so what we saw on election night was, it's like ridiculous, 60-40, 60-40, every county that was hand counted votes, and in the only county that was predominantly, I'm sorry, uh, machine counted, and in the only county that was hand counted, I win by 10 points. And, and, and it, was, it was quite extraordinary. So my, my concession speech on September 1st, 2020 was, uh, uh, you know, election fraud took place in third world Massachusetts. And I said, I'm glad we have the second amendment, okay? So that was my concession speech. 
by September 9th, I was starting to receive lots of people telling me, hey, do you know, I mean, a lot of my close associates were saying the only way you're going to lose Shiva is if there's election fraud. I go, that doesn't take place in America, you know? That was probably my naive day. But by September 9th, I had discovered that starting in 2002, the voting machines in the United States had a feature starting with the grandfather voting machines, the Diebold systems called the weighted race feature, right. which means they can multiply votes <clears throat> using an algorithm, okay? And for that matter, our votes are actually stored as decimals, which is even more profoundly amazing. That means it's not one person, one vote. It could be 1.1 or 0.6 or 0.7 votes. And these weighted race algorithms, if you got a thousand votes, this is how unbelievable it is. And it's in page 2-126 of the Diebold manual, clearly says it in black and white, that they have an algorithm, which you get a thousand votes, I get a thousand votes, your votes could be multiplied by two. So you end up getting 2000 votes, Dan, and I end up getting, let's say, my votes get multiplied by 0.6. So I end up getting 600 votes. It's in the manual, mm -hmm. all right? This is not conspiracy. It's in the manual, a feature that can allow votes to be fractionalized or multiplied, which means a feature that denies one person one vote, which was a very important clarification of the 14th Amendment that took place in 1964 by Justice Earl Warren, clarifying one person, one vote, okay? So we don't have that once you have electronic voting machines. So what we found was starting September 9th, I'd figured this out. And on September 9th, I went to the Secretary of State and I issued a FOIA, public records request. And I wanted something very important called the ballot images. Now, why are they important? Well, in all the electronic uh, voting machine counties or precincts, they literally take a paper ballot and it gets scanned. When it gets scanned, Dan, it gets converted to an image. Mm -hmm. All right. So the paper ballot is used to generate an image. That image is what is then counted by the voting machine. In the case of a hand marked paper ballot where a human being counts it, two people actually look at it and they're tabulating, which means a paper ballot is reviewed by a human. But in the case of electronic voting machines, a paper ballot is convert it to a, a photo, photographic image or some image in the computer, the paper ballot is set aside. What is counted is that ballot image, okay? Now, according to 52 USC 20701, the rule it was a previous code that was converted to that in 1974, any records generated, generated, generated is a keyword, in connection with the federal election must be preserved for 22 months. Right. Well, the ballot image didn't exist. It was generated. It is the ballot, which is used for counting. As far as anyone with common sense is, what is counted is the ballot. The ballot image is what the computer scans to figure out the ellip ellipses, right? Mm -hmm. So on September 9th, I issued a FOIA. In fact, I went physically with two of my volunteers with a camera to the Secretary of State, and I said, I want the ballot images. And by the way, the ballot images are supposed to be preserved. You could put all the ballot images on Massachusetts in a small hard drive about this big for 500 bucks. Right. It's not right. that expensive. So the guy behind the counter says, we don't have those ballot images. We turned that feature off. Oh, okay? no. Wow. And so I said, I didn't say anything. I gave them my FOIA. They have 10 days to respond. On September 25th, um, 24th, sorry, 25th, the secretary, by, by the way, between September 1st to September 24th, on Twitter, I've never been thrown off Twitter. I've talked about all controversial things, forced vaccinations, starting, you know, uh, everything you can imagine, right? Hit, hitting Warren viciously. September 1st to September 
24th, I was talking about, elect, I said election fraud took place in Massachusetts. I said ballot images have been deleted. Ballot dash ballot images is a violation of federal law. Mm -hmm. Twitter didn't touch me. But on September 24th, what happened was the Secretary of State writes to me, to be specific, the election director, and says, we don't have the ballot images. We are prohibited from saving them according to Massachusetts law. So I write back, Ms. Tassinari, what is, that's the name of the election director, what is, can you please show me the Massachusetts statute which allows you not to do this? She writes back another email saying we have the paper ballots, but we're, we don't have the ballot images. I write back and I say, you violated federal law. I said, this election is null and void because if you, because the ballot images are what are used for tabulation and tabulation mm -hmm. is fraud. If you can't tabulate, what did you tabulate on? You didn't tabulate the paper. You had to use the images. Those four emails, Dan, I put up on my Twitter account, putting them all and I, uh, and it, a threaded tweet of those four images, the email conversation, which is public information, bam, I was banned. Remember I had, so quote unquote, we allegedly lost the primary. So I moved my campaign in the general elections to a write-in. We had such profound support bottoms up and we distributed starting on September 1, we put out a million of these cards. I don't know if you can see these. Mm -hmm. oh, a yeah. million. Okay. The Trump mm -hmm. campaign was always calling it voter fraud. We called it election fraud. So our volunteers were out there in the rain and the snow putting these out. Okay. So what happens is that I get thrown off Twitter in the middle of my federal election campaign and wow. a organization called lead stories who does a hit job on me. They're supposedly a fact checking organization. They do a, a saying, Oh, Shiva, Dr. Shiva's lying. You know, he's spreading election and, and missing. There were no ballots deleted. I never said ballots. I said ballot images, which are the ballots on mm -hmm. electronic voting machines. But in that article, in the hit job article they did, they did something very valuable for me. They said, we talked to the secretary of state and the secretary of state said they contacted Twitter. Oh, really? Yes. So mm. now listen to what I'm saying. We keep hearing big tech, big tech, big tech. That's just a ruse. The real issue is the government, the government works with big tech. This is why they haven't gone after section 230. All these politicians need Facebook. They need, they need Google, okay? To shut out, you know, real rabble rousers like myself, okay? So the government of Massachusetts contacted Twitter to throw me off because I was spreading election misinformation. What was the misinformation? I was sharing the fact that the government of Massachusetts had deleted ballot images, which is a violation of federal law. Mm -hmm. So I looked at that. I couldn't get a lawyer to, I said, okay, I can't go after Twitter. Section 230 will take forever. Election integrity, I don't know enough about, but I do know the First Amendment. So I said, this was one of the most profound violations of the First Amendment, because this is saying that government speech can supersede political speech. I'm a political candidate. This is a foundations of the First Amendment. So I file a lawsuit. I had to do the brief all myself, Dan. And the judge, first victory, we got the judge gave us a hearing. There were two parts of the lawsuit. One is a lawsuit, me demanding about $1.2 billion, very large sum of money. But the, the other part of the lawsuit was what I called, I need an immediate restraining order, Your Honor, because my election is taking place and the Secretary of State could continue calling Twitter to throw me off, right? That's called an emergency restraining order. Mm -hmm. Judges don't like to give those hearings, and he gave me the hearing. 
Number one victory. Number two, it ended up being a four hour hearing with me against three lawyers, okay? In federal court, which I've never been in. So in federal court, I had to become my own lawyer and I represented the fact that there's an issue called, there's a precedent called cat's paw liability. Cat's paw liability is very famous. It comes from the Aesop's fable story where you have a monkey which is trying to steal a chestnut off a fire. He doesn't want to get his fingers burned. So he convinces a monkey to do it. The monkey, I mean a, a cat, the cat mm -hmm. gets his fingers burned and the monkey runs off with the chestnut, okay? So the monkey induced the cat to do the stealing. So this has been in case law where employee one induces an employer to fire employee two. Employee two files a lawsuit, not against the employer, but against the monkey in this case, which is employee one, and they win. It's called cat's paw liability, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I said, look, it wasn't Twitter who threw me off. Twitter was the cat. The monkey was the secretary of state. They induced Twitter. And that's a violation of the First Amendment. Well, the judge listens to my argument and he gives me a victory. He orders the restraining order terms, which is that he orders the Secretary of State to stop contacting Twitter. But more importantly, what came out in that four hour testimony was actual black and white transcript where the Secretary of State election director is admitting she called Twitter. She admits that they have a trusted Twitter partnership. Wow. And when they complain, Twitter jumps. They also admitted in, in federal court testimony and sworn testimony, they contacted a woman called Amy Cohen, this woman, Michelle Tassinari, who's a state election director. Now, who is Amy Cohen? She's the executive director of the Uber organization of all state election directors called National Association of State Election Directors, NASED. Mm. Well, why is NASED important? Well, all the state election directors, that's their community. These are the people who, are the ones who certify electronic voting machines. Okay? Got it, got They're it. the ones who are certifying voting machines to delete ballot images, to put the weighted race feature in. Mm -hmm. And who funds the NASED? The Rockefeller Brothers, the Murdochs, the Pew Charitable Foundation, and so on. So a nonprofit who you and I didn't elect is owning, first of all, centralizing this process, right? You could argue. And NASED was contacted by Michelle Tassinari, the state election director who independently called Twitter. They did a hot call to her and they even have a much more closer relation with Twitter. And they called Twitter to also have me knocked off. So you have the government contacting Twitter to throw off a federal election candidate off Twitter because he was exposing their violation of federal law. The judge in his analysis said, Remember, judges only will give you the terms of the restraining order if you, they think you're going to win the whole case. And the judge said, you know, more than likely Dr. Ayodure will win his full case mm -hmm. to show that state action was involved. This is a pres precedential lawsuit. No media covered it, Dan. Tucker Carlson on the right, no one, because they're all part of it. Wow. We have the not-so-obvious establishment in this country on the left and the right. So that lawsuit has not been dismissed, unlike every lawsuit that these so-called lawyers filed for Trump. The second lawsuit I filed was we found out because I'm a mathematician, because I do pattern analysis my whole life, I use my, uh, my own skills to show that they had multiplied my votes by 0.666 and my opponents by 1.2. How did we find that? Well, we found the, the source of the real crime scene in one county in Suffolk County where we see this up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down pattern. 
which is supposed to be a random pattern where you see nine, nine strings of high-low where the number of odd number of votes to even number of votes is two to one, which is, can, and when we did the math analysis, that can only occur in one in 100,000 elections, okay? Mm -hmm. That lawsuit has still yet to be unrebutted. And that was, and in that lawsuit, I'm asking for decertification of the US Senate election. And I'm asking for hand counted of the Republican primary September 1. They filed nearly 200 pages of opposition to dismiss my um, lawsuit in the second election. Guess what? The next victory I got, the judge denied their uh, motion to dismiss. Mm. Every one of Trump's lawsuits have been dismissed. So mm -hmm. my point here is we're going after the real crime scene, which are these computer algorithms. And we're saying that denies one person, one vote. So here you have a one person, one vote lawsuit. And here you have a fundamentals of the First Amendment lawsuit of the government contacting big tech. So that's what we have. And my lawsuits have not been dismissed. And the egregious way in how the press does not cover this, but they will cover all the failed lawsuits. Right, right. That's what this is about. So that's where we're at. And uh, part of what we're doing now, Dan, is to educate people. And if I, I want to share my screen, if that's all right, is sure. we want to educate people that the we, we have to realize in the last four years, Here's my now. I voted for Trump. I gave him money, right? Supported him, as everyone knows. But when I look at the last four years and I remove my rose-colored glasses, I have to apply science and engineering science. And this is what I see in my analysis: is that Hillary never got locked up. No, nothing was filed against Hillary. This woman smashed a hard drive, right? She mm -hmm. uh, put a server in her home. She had whatever agents, uh, you know, do dossiers. Not one thing was done. Right after Trump gets in office, his daughter, I believe, met with Chelsea Clinton. And poof, everything is gone. Yeah. So if we go back to, again, very simple logic, if elections are selections, at least I know starting in 2002, that means those who run this country, who control it, decide who gets in. If you're not a threat, you can get in, or if you serve a purpose. So if you follow that logic, if, if we're putting focus on this election, one argument is when I, after my, after I started sharing my stuff and I was the first one who did the analysis of Michigan, which went viral, where I showed the entire Michigan analysis, right? Mm -hmm. Right after that is when, when Mark Meadows from the White House calls me. All right. I was teaching a class and Mark calls me right after and I go, Mark, how can I help you? He goes, oh, he goes. What, what, what can we do to help you? I said, I need data. Give me data because I can show everything. That was on November 7th, I think on a Saturday, if I remember. Sunday, nothing. Monday, nothing, nothing. Then the then Rona McDaniel's office call, called me saying, we want to help you. This is the RNC. So here's the White House RNC. I said, give me data. They said, okay, Dr. Shiva, we're going to be we're going to be in front of the servers tomorrow. We're going to get you all the data. That went on. Then Still uh, nothing. Still nothing. Mm. That Saturday, well, the Thursday or the Saturday of that week, uh, Eric Trump reached out to me. Okay, he messaged me. And I said, Eric, look, I said, I don't believe anyone wants to help your father because everyone's dilly-dallying on giving me data. He goes, no, 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 talk to our attorney at the Trump campaign. Call him up. He says, I got the data. I said, are you going to give it to me? Nothing. Now, you have to understand, up until that, 
the Trump campaign and the RNC was calling this voter fraud. Then they switched it to call it election fraud. And you can go look at the timing. Well, in those eight weeks, they raised about $300 million. A mm -hmm. lot of money, mm -hmm. a lot of money. And go look at the kid who was running Stop the Steal campaign. Just go do the research on him. And you'll find out that this same person was in bed with Karl Rove, was working with John McCain against really? Ron Paul. Okay? Wow. So when I started adding all this up, I realized this was Kabuki theater. That they didn't want to really fight election fraud. They could make money on it. In fact, the more they made election fraud seem so crazy, it would essentially make it in the eyes of the average American. Oh, it doesn't occur in America. We were, while they were doing wag the dog, in my opinion, we were going after the real crime scene of election fraud, which was these computer algorithms. And if you look at the lawsuits that they filed, Dan, and I helped Sydney with one of them, okay, with Georgia, Lynn Wood called me mm -hmm. to help out. Those lawsuits were so poorly written. They were garbage. Really? I mean, you look at my lawsuits and I'm not a trained lawyer. I could pat myself on the back. There's not spelling mistakes in there. They are done well. I learned a lot about the law. It, the law is a lot like software programming, believe it or not. There's a lot of logic to it. So well, it used to be. Yeah. Well, I, what I'm trying to say is <laughs> I don't believe they wanted to win. I believe they were running Kabuki theater and they brought me in because I was going after the real issue. So <laughs> you have the obvious establishment and the not so obvious establishment. And in my analysis in 2008, we had quantitative easing take place in this country, right? What was right. quantitative easing? It meant we're going to save big businesses who are running their businesses on garbage, basically issuing corporate bonds and keeping interest rates low. So in order to keep those businesses up and suppress small businesses, which were actually the vibrancy of, of not only this economy, the world economy, right? All right, they needed to save them. That's what Obama did. But starting in 2008, up until 2016, what should have happened is that the interest rate should be around seven eight percent in my view mm -hmm. they've been artificially kept low how by slowing the demand for money by actually suppressing small business growth mm -hmm. right because if you look yeah. at many of these large businesses here they profit from issuing corporate bonds to keep interest rates low so now if you go with the central thesis all elections in the united states are selections not elections then we must ask this other question what about 2016 was that not also a selection? Maybe they wanted Trump in there. And follow my logic. If we just purely apply logic, Dan, just apply logic. Because if you look globally, the elites needed a shutdown. Because they, they it's like almost a pot is about to boil over, which is the interest rates, and they need to keep it the lid on it. So they had planned a reset. And there's more than, I mean, there's a lot written about this. It's not just me saying this. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. right because we've had it on our shows we've done uh, we've done programs on the great reset right so so they wanted this so now remember the great reset is global so when you if, if you're the architect of this and you're looking around and you're you know what if you're architecting anything in engineering you're always looking at where it could be the problems where what would be if you're going to shut down a guy's gym you're going to shut down his restaurant you're going to shut down his tire store you're going to shut down his who would be the most defiant against their small businesses being shut down globally? Would it be the Indian working class? No, I don't think so. They don't have weapons. Would it be the Chinese working class? No, they're pretty much slaves. Would it be Australia? Well, all their weapons have been taken away, right? Mm. 
which group in the United in the world would be the most defiant? It would be the American working class. Why? Because yeah. yeah. they're armed to the teeth. Mm. So if you wanted to pull this great reset off, first of all, you use a pandemic as your fear. Okay, that was your lever one. Perhaps Trump was selected. Why? Because fast forward to 20 March of 2020, you're now starting to shut down small businesses. Okay. Remember, prior to March of 2020, the two years prior, there were protests all over the world, Hong Kong, Chile, Venezuela, which the news no longer covers, mm -hmm. protests against corruption, protests against working class being squeezed. And that was going to come here. So the Great Reset was profoundly valuable, but they needed to make sure that the American working class wouldn't rise up, perhaps even militantly, okay? Well, if Hillary was in office, don't you think most of the working class are pretty conservative? They would have been really upset? Mm -hmm. Well, think about now Trump in office. Talk's a good game, but what happens when he gets into office? Nothing happens to Hillary. In fact, two weeks after he gets into office, we see this Q nonsense, which was trust the plan, trust the plan. Remember this? Mm -hmm. What plan? Trump is a fifth dimensional chess player. Nothing happened, Dan. The American working class was held in abeyance. They were held in abeyance. They sort of let themselves be handcuffed by thinking Trump was going to do something. Fascinating. You see what I'm saying? I'm just yeah. applying logic. Remember, I gave money to Trump. I supported him. But when I looked at all the way up to January 6, when I connected all the dots, why, why did Mark Meadows, why did the RNC, why did Eric Trump reach out to me? They didn't help me during the Elizabeth Warren campaign, but I was over here exposing the real crime scene. They were running a fake election fraud because it made money. It got all the Trumpers excited. Oh, yeah, Trump lost. You see, they needed something to keep the Trump base with Trump. Yeah, well, I have to I have to tell you, Dr. Shiva, it, uh, it worked. To be real honest with you, I gave quite a bit of money to that. And I've questioned something else as well. Uh, this whole process has identified who the rebels are. It's identified those of us who uh, stand out as supporting Donald Trump and supporting our constitution and our way of life and uh, it's pretty easy now for the other side to be able to identify who we are and go after us personally and so. maybe that was part of the goal mm -hmm. my point is if you just take an objective look and you go back to the central thesis that we have selections in america not elections then why do we think 2016 was not a selection whether Trump was implicitly or explicitly involved, in some ways is irrelevant. The issue at this point is where are we? We have forced vaccinations coming. We have these mask mandates. We have the fact that small businesses, the American working class is getting squeezed. Mm -hmm. If you look at the RAND report that came out looking at the wages between 71 to 2018, it shows during 1948 to 1971, the American pie, the, the income grew for everyone equally. Everyone, whether you made ten thousand dollars, fifty thousand, the American pie grew for everyone. Right. And why did it grow? Because during the early nineteen hundreds, we had bottoms up working class movements in this country. Working people united before the unions, independent, mm -hmm. organically bottoms up, which started as early as the mid eighteen hundreds. And that powerful American working class movement, which was, by the way, recognized all over the world, 
by May Day. May Day was not a communist movement. It was when American workers were shot in Haymarket for building their own bottoms up movement. In every part of the world, May Day is celebrated in honor of the American workers who fought. Hmm. Reagan changed it to Law Day, by the way. Okay, interesting. But the point is, the elites do not want us organizing working people, to be particular, independent of any of these political parties. This, this is their real threat. So as those working class movements came, you will find that that is what put a gun to FDR's head. FDR was a racist, elitist individual. He didn't give a damn about the working people. Mm -hmm. Because of those uprising of the, of the broad mass of American workers, they, they gave the eight hour workday, they gave Medicare, they gave, so this was to calm the people down. But starting in 1950, the McCarthy era, the right wing went after, not, not after communists, that was just a ruse. It was going after the independent organization of American workers, branding anytime people organize, oh, they must be communists. And the left wing took advantage of that because they worked together and they created their consolidated top-down unions so they could control working people. So the right wing attacks anytime people try to organize, that's communist, that's communist. The left wing consolidates this into unions to control workers' movements. Obvious establishment, mm. the not so obvious establishment. So between 1971 to 20, uh, 2018, starting in 1970, the elites came back even harder at working people. They created the Department of Education. They got big pharma, big hospitals together to create centralized healthcare. Everything became centralized. And since 1971, there's two American pies right now. The one which serves a 5% where their incomes grow, the other where the incomes have gone down. Mm -hmm. So if you look at that other 90, 95%, since 1971, the average today, if you're making $50,000 a year, you should actually be making 120,000 because your wages have actually been suffocated. And that 50 trillion, when you sum it all up, has gone up and over to the other pie, which means, yeah, we have socialism. It's socialism for the wealthy. So mm -hmm. what happens is the right wing attacks, oh, we wanna stop socialism. And the left wing speaks as though they're for working people, you see? So they got working people in a bind. This is not socialism we're fighting. The right word is fascism. Yeah. The right word is the government, left and right, are united with big, large corporations. In this case, big tech, big pharma. That's fascism. Mm -hmm. Fascism is, if you want to go to the original definition, if you actually want to go read Marx and Engels or Thomas Paine, everyone should go read all these guys so they don't listen to you know, third-party accounts for them. Marx actually talked about proletarians. Who did he define as proletarians? People actually worked and actually mm -hmm. made something would be the entrepreneur, the innovator. He actually had another term, Dan, he called it lumpen proletarians. Those are the people who are the people who lived off others, criminals, right? Uh, the people who are the bums, you know, who, who didn't do anything. The left, so-called left, when they talk about workers, they're talking about those people. They've even, in fact, when, before Engels died, he said the worst people on the planet are Marxists, okay? Hmm. So Marx's own colleague, Friedrich Engels, said the worst people in the world are Marxists, okay? If you actually go read Marx's works, they're more closer to uh, Adam Smith's. Marx hmm. actually talks about the destruction of the state. He talks about the ability for an individual to pursue their dreams, and no one should be in their way, decentralization. But what's happened is, because of the power of the historical analysis that guys like Marx and Adam Smith did, they have to use that to flip them on their head. 
the bottom line is what we have today is the left and the right are against working people. Mm-hmm. One feigns Marxism, right? Which the left, which the right uses to attack. And the left uses to tell people, oh yeah, we're your fighter for workers, right? Their boats have in the last, particularly the last 50 years, the American, the working people have been squeezed and squeezed and squeezed. So they needed this great reset because small businesses are actually doing well. The interest rate should be six to 7%. And in America, I bet you there would have been a revolution mm-hmm. if Hillary had been in power. So they were That's able fascinating. to, they were, fascinating. Able to, they were able to execute the great reset. They've kept the interest rates low. They were able to, uh, use people like Fauci to promote forced vaccinations, mask mandates, lockdowns. The elites got everything. They got everything they want. And Hillary's free. Not one indictment. Not one thing. So what my analysis shows, elections are selections, and 2016 also was a selection. It has fascinating. to be. That's, that, that's fascinating. I, uh, I, I agree with you that we're uh, playing this uh, good cop, bad cop, false paradigm of the left and the right. In fact, we talked about that earlier. We need to realize we have a common enemy and that common enemy is what I call the power elite who are, as you say, it's fascism. It's control from the very top. I think we're heading into a new form of feudalism with the ultra, ultra powerful and rich uh, controlling the rest of us, and we're nothing but serfs uh, there to serve the the uh, whim of the power elite. And I think also it's pretty obvious that uh, they've openly talked about reducing the world's population by 93%. They see most people as being vermin, being ants or lice or anything else. They don't see us as being creative a, a brilliant entity, a creation of God, they see us as being a biological entity, and that's it. I want to hear uh, your response. Yeah, so, to so, that. Dan, what, so, Dan, the issue is the analysis, you know, is there. You know, I just shared with you my position on this. The issue is what is to be done. Mm-hmm. And my whole life has been figuring out what is to be done given my background. And there, you can't build a bridge, Dan without Newton's laws. You can't build an airplane without Bernoulli's principles. You cannot build a transformer without Maxwell's equations. Do you think we're gonna be able to build a movement without some equivalent principles, some fundamental engineering science? And that's what I've developed, Dan. So what I realized is that people are not politically, or put it the right way, they do not understand the science of change. And so, and that must be founded in science. So I put together a complete educational curriculum do that. I used to teach the foundations of systems back at MIT. Mm-hmm. You know, we used to have a lecture, right, integrated, where I basically showed the foundations of whether you're looking at your computer as a system, your body as a system, this microphone, anything, are the same foundational principles which come from general systems theory. And then I found, discovered through my studies of medicine that those same systems theory apply in Eastern medicine. Eastern medical systems are not a medical system, they're a control systems principle. The body has a homeostasis and you try to achieve it to understanding three fundamental forces, transport, conversion, and storage. Transport are the forces in nature that are involved in motion of anything, information, matter, and energy. Conversion are those forces that are involved in converting one force to another. Digestion, for example, the CPU, cognition, they appear everywhere. And then finally, you have those forces 
of nature which are involved in the containment, providing structure, okay? Which is called storage. Transport can vary storage. Guess what? Truth, freedom, and health are directly founded on those natural principles. Freedom is motion, transport, the ability to move. Conversion relates to the, the, the use of the scientific method to get truth, where you take an idea, you apply the scientific method, you get it. And storage is directly related to health, the health of our infrastructure, health of your body. So what I'm doing now, Dan, is every we are building a platform, which I want to share with you, with your audience, mm-hmm. to for truth, freedom, and health, which is founded on we need education, we need an educational platform, a communication platform, and a platform for local activism. That's what we created, Dan. And that platform, you know, I've, I, I used to help the largest Fortune 1000 companies in the world manage all their customer communications through email and so, social, where we built their platform for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Well, so it's very easy for me to redirect that, and that's what we're doing. So, but we're not going to win this unless we break people out of the left-right paradigm. So. I wanted to play you a video if you don't mind and share this with you, okay? If you, Absolutely. Okay. Please let me do. play you this. And let me just show you uh, where I have this. So um, so if you go to here, vashiva.com, what I want people to do is, let me log out of here. So on, this was, you know, the personal website that I had that, you know, I put a lot of our blogs, but we've created. So people go to vashiva.com and they click this join button right here, Dan. Um, I'm going to play this video. It's about a couple of minutes, but I think you'll enjoy it. Let me make this a little bit bigger. But it tells you where I'm coming from. We have allowed our Hold on, country me, to be taken let me, uh, over from within. Let me uh, stop this, Dan, one second. And what I want to what I want to do is I want to um, because I, I want to play the sound the so you can hear it. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. One second. Deep down inside them. I'm going to start start the share again because I think there's a switch here where I can share the sound. Oh, here we go. Okay, so I'm going to play this again. Let me go here. So this is basically, to everyone listening, you can go to vashiva.com if you can plug this in. We have allowed. slash join, okay? Mm-hmm. And on this site, you it's called Join Dr. Shiva Truth, Freedom, and Health. And it basically says, welcome to VA Shiva, the revolutionary platform being developed by Dr. Shiva, the man who invented email. This platform provides foundational educational curriculum Innovative tools to empower you to be a force to deliver real solutions to affect truth, freedom, and health in your committee. And this is really sort of the uh, the video which summarizes. Let me play this out. Okay. We have allowed our country to be taken over from within, and the end goal is you will have a homogenized world where we will become slaves because there is a condition among the elites that really thinks they're better than you, deep down inside them, that you don't deserve the freedoms you have. They don't. This reality is what people need to wake up to, and we need to all unite working people. There's only one movement that can do that, Mm -hmm. and that is the movement that we started creating here in Massachusetts, the movement for truth, freedom, and health. Look, I've been a student of politics since I was a four-year-old kid, studying revolutionary movements, left-wing, right-wing. There's a physics, there's a nuclear science to destroying the establishment. To build a bridge, you need to understand Newton's equation. You need to understand the laws of gravity. You need to understand Poisson's ratio. There is a way to build a revolution. And that's why I put this together. My goal is to train a army of truth, freedom, and health leaders. We don't need followers like social media. We need leaders, but they, they need training because the educational system does not teach them history, nothing. So in three hours, that's what I've started doing. That's the solution. We got to train people. 
First with understanding what a system is. The second is understanding the interconnection between truth, freedom, and health. Freedom is the ability to move freely, communicate freely, right? Talk freely. Without freedom, you cannot convert ideas, hypothesis into truth, which is science. And without freedom, you can't really get to truth. And without truth, you make up fake problems and fake solutions, which means you destroy our health. And without health, which is the infrastructure of us and our body, you can't fight for freedom. Third concept is it has to be bottoms up, working people, people who work uniting. And what the right wing has done is whenever you say working people unite, that must be communist. Meanwhile, they've let the Democrats run unions, which suppress workers, completely corrupt. But when you look at the arc of American history, it's been when working people came up. We need to go local. Every solution I'm coming up with as a part of this movement, we're giving the science, which is the truth, and then we tell people what they can do on the ground. Like with election fraud, you don't need to wait for some lawyer. Our goal is to train people, Dave, to go local, to go local, to go local, fight locally. Forget lawyers, forget politicians, forget celebrities. You've got to learn politics, and there is a science to it. They lock us down, we should be ready to shut them down. And the fourth part of this principle is a not-so-obvious establishment. So when you look at a system, there's always something that disturbs you from getting to your goal. Well, the biggest disturbance is a not-so-obvious establishment, which are those people who claim they're for you, on the left and the right, the Al Sharptons who tell black people I'm for you, the Tucker Carlsons. Do you think any true anti-establishment person will ever be on Fox or CNN? I don't think so. They both mislead working people back into the establishment. Without this solid understanding of political physics and theory, you're screwed. You're gonna follow on the, the left wing, Bernie Sanders, oh, he said something, or Robert Kennedy, scumbags. Or you're gonna follow you know, some right wing talk show host. They're not gonna lead us to liberation, it's us. And that political physics, it's a nuclear science of change bottoms up. We have to organize to understand that there is people who talk a good game and then look at what they actually do, left and right. I'm sorry, Sean Hannity may say some good things, but I don't see the urgency in his voice to get something done. And it can only come when you weaponize yourself with the right knowledge. You need to be able to identify a rat. You know, Christ didn't go after the Romans, right? It was the Pharisees and the Sadducees who screwed him up. His own quote unquote people. And that's where we're at. So these four concepts I've built into a curriculum. People can go to bashiva.com and it's an educational program. We need to train people in political theory. You need to have physics. And I've created that curriculum. People need to get educated. We need to get educated fast. And within a half an hour, an hour, I can teach people two years of MIT control systems. I teach people those concepts. Then I apply it. Anyone can understand it. And then you say, oh, I got to build a bottoms up movement. They have to get politically astute, and then they have to go locally and act, not sit there on social media. They have to act locally, defy locally, be, do civil obedience locally, but with knowledge on how to build a movement. And the Senate campaigns expanded to the movement for truth, freedom, and health, and they can find it on Vias and Victor A. Shiva, vashiva.com, so people can sign in, they can get access to a bunch of videos. If they want to take a course and become a truth, freedom, health leader, I offer a full scholarship there. But we want people to make a commitment that they'll study, that they'll get certified, that they'll go do activities on the ground. So go to VA Shiva, Victory America Shiva, vashiva.com. Yeah. 
So Dan, that is what, you know, um, we have to take action, Dan, it, and it's, and it's going to come through um, not, you know, we, I, I think the analysis we can do all day long, but it's actually going to come uh, as I've shared here to actually do the, the, the education, because that's, what's missing. The American educational system has basically uh, made people pretty, uh, unfortunately, unaware of what's going on. So we do is, Dan, when people come here, uh, people are literally, this. it's actually a curriculum. It's actually uh, mm -hmm. like a scientific curriculum, Dan. People come in, they, they, they learn control systems. And if people want to contribute, they can. And we give them various levels of courses. They can actually get certified. We give them a portal where they can understand how these same systems principles apply to their body as a system and how they can apply these principles. They get the book, et cetera. There's a science paper, they get access. And then when people log in, Dan, what we're creating literally on this site is where we have right now about 40,000 people in two months they've signed up, Dan. People are really, really looking to figure out how they can, um, you know, forget these politicians, what they can do locally. And it has to happen locally, Dan. The election fraud stuff is not going to happen, you know, at some central level. I mean, I have fortunately two lawsuits, but when people log in here, Dan, well, what they can do is they can, you know, for example, the vitamin D3 video I did must have gotten like 50 million views, right? YouTube took it down. And now the British Parliament is saying, hey, maybe we should all take vitamin D3, 82% of deaths. <laughs> But what we're doing, Dan, is, for example, you see this mask card here. People can actually print out these cards. So when we look at the issue of masks, what we're training people is, look, people can hand out these little cards, Dan, in their communities. We've had over about a couple hundred thousand printed where people are printing them on the back of the card. It literally tells people they can hand this out to employees. They can hand this out to parents right here. And if you can see what it says here. It tells people what they can do locally, right? We have a whole bunch of videos where we educate people. When you wear a mask, it increases the temperature on your mouth, reduces the, uh, increases the acidity, and particularly for kids, how it can affect their oral microbiome. And dentists are reporting explosive amount of uh, dental issues, gum bleeding. And then we say, these are the public health implications. And then we drive people over here where they can learn more. Bottom line, Dan, what we're doing is providing people a platform. And this platform not only includes educational tools, but people can also sign in and then they can, we've created a community here. So unlike WhatsApp and Facebook, there's a whole community here where people are participating now. Um, so these leaders in training, and we've created an equivalent of Facebook sort of on the quote unquote underground, Dan. So people can literally set up their own Facebook pages and they can communicate. And then there's a bunch of resources here, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, I wanted to share this because wow. the issue is what is to be done. And what is to be done is we need to get people educated. We need to build our own communication platform independent of big tech. Mm -hmm. That's what this provides. And then when people can act so they can go print out this card, Dan, and we need to go local. People are printing out these cards and they're giving them to their parents or giving them to the local Starbucks, the guy who's wearing the mask. And they're saying, look, you can wear that mask. But just remember, maybe you should ask your employer when your teeth start bleeding, when you start getting gum disease, right? Is your employer going to cover that? So we go bottoms up, Dan. Mm -hmm. So, and we're doing this on every issue. We, we're in a situation, Dan, that the, the, on the left and the right, people are just manipulated. So you have the Bernie Sanders who takes all these young kids, bring them over there. You have all the other people who follow the right wing talk show hosts. They're just entertainers. People think they're going to do something. They're not going to do anything.
Tucker Carlson's not going to do anything. He watches which way the wind blows. He's, he's a, more of a master grifter. So we have to peel away all the onion layers and find out who really wants to change the world in a positive way, or is it just entertainment for them? And that's where we're at. There's some people who just want to be entertained, right? And, and by the way, look, the Democrats need a Trump because then he's their character that they can use to keep the theater going. They don't want to build, they don't want us building a bottoms up movement. And this is very it. hard for people to understand, but I saw it right in front of me here. We were screwed in Massachusetts. We started going after the real crime scene. We started exposing Michigan. That's when Mark Meadows calls me. That's when the RNC calls me. And the issue was not for me to help them. The issue was, oh my God, we better bring Shiva under our fold. He can't be a maverick out there, right? That's what it was about. I'll and the tell left you what, does this too. Th this, is, uh, this is fascinating. You've gone in a totally different direction than what we originally you know, called you about. But I have to tell you, this is absolutely fascinating because I think intelligent people have always felt like, you know, there's something here going on that we just don't get. And why do we keep going through this kabuki theater? Why does it always end up going back to the same place? And why do we go through all these crazy machinations and then get nowhere? And um, Thumper and I've talked about that. You know, they say, well, uh, you know, people are saying, well, there's going to be this and this and this is going to happen, but it never happens. It never happens. And all we end well, up doing is wasting time rather than getting organized. What you're talking about is absolutely fast. We can't wait anymore. We got it. We, we have to, first of all, take away the rose. Yeah, I had so many stupid people saying, oh, my God, Trump's going to do something on January 20th. Flynn is something's going to happen. I mean, these people are living in la la land. It's like reality theater has merged into real life. You have to understand what did Donald Trump want to do before he did his hotels? He wanted to be a Hollywood producer. He wanted to be like running MGM. Okay. So you have to understand that the elites aren't going to do it for us. It is entertainment. It is entertainment. It is entertainment. It is entertainment. And entertainment has merged into one big reality show. So you, wow. it, is, it is entertainment. And Tucker Carlson's entertainment. Robert Kennedy's entertainment. He's not anti-vax. He's pro-vax. And when I, when, we, when I got involved in the medical freedom movement, I found out that the, you know, the medical exemptions were being taken away. He lost in California. He lost in New York. When I got involved in New Jersey, I said, no, no, no. We need to build a bottoms-up movement. And we scared the hell out of those guys in New Jersey. 5,000 protesters. That's why they stopped it. Kennedy was out there negotiating with the Democrats. They need Robert Kennedy. And I can play you the video. Let me play you. Rob Everyone thinks Robert Kennedy's <laughs> anti-vax. And when I exposed him, he said, I work for Big Pharma. I work with Bill Gates. This is how evil he is. In the New York Times, four days ago, you know, when they took him off Instagram, Kabuki Theater, they said, oh, Shiva Dure should also be taken off. And they lumped me with him. And I said, look, this guy is pro-vaccine. He supported Hillary Clinton. And so when I exposed that about him, some people who, who again, are involved in these movements, if you look, um, this is Robert F. Kennedy. This is the controlled opposition. Now, no one's going to believe this, but this is what he said, okay? If I told you, Dan, Robert Kennedy was pro-vaccine, what would you say, Dan? Well, as a matter of fact, I, uh, I've i heard the same thing that everybody else has heard, that he's anti-vax. Okay, well, let me, let, me, let me play for your audience. Let me, again, I share, this, share yeah, the wonderful. screen here. Listen to this. 
This is word for word. This is out of his own mouth. Minister Farrakhan has asked me to address the issue of vaccines and African-American and vaccine safety. I want to start out by saying this, and I want to say it emphatically. I am pro-vaccine. I, I have always been fiercely pro-vaccine. I had all six of my children vaccinated, and I believe that we ought to have policies that encourage full vaccination for all Americans. Did you hear that, Dan? Yep, I sure did. Loud and okay. clear. <laughs> Loud and clear. Let me play it again. Okay. Minister Farrakhan has asked me to address the issue of vaccines and African-American and vaccine safety. I want to start out by saying this, and I want to say it emphatically. I am pro-vaccine. I, I have always been fiercely pro-vaccine. I had all six of my children vaccinated, and I believe that we ought to have policies that encourage full vaccination for all Americans. The other thing, Dan, is... He, you know, he's in the black book with with Epstein. Okay, fact. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He here he is in in the election here raising money for his nephew who's for vaccine mandates. Okay, mm -hmm. and he endorsed Hillary Clinton three times. Who got about three hundred million the Clinton Global Initiative, hundred to three hundred million from the uh, Gates Foundation. So, you see, it's Kabuki theater. I did a movie with Robert Kennedy, okay? I hung out with him and asked him, it's their little clique of liberals. It's his shtick. He was a heroin addict. And now the Kennedy gets to fight for medical freedom. The Kennedy gets to fight for clean water, okay? It is a shtick. Fascinating. And this is how people, and Trump had the other shtick, in my view, unfortunately, okay? Why was Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump even in the White House? Who are they? What skill sets do they have? Oh, well, he needed his family in there. I'm sorry. He ran his Trump hotels by finding good people. You're telling me you couldn't find anyone? He had to bring in all the slime balls of the planet? <laughs> so you have to use Occam's razor, which says, and everything was confusing to me until I put, wait a minute, maybe Trump was part of this. Then everything becomes clear. Until then, everyone's confused. Oh, no, Trump's going to do this amazing next move, this amazing next move, and this amazing next move. And it never happened. It, yeah. no, what, no, the opposite occurred. We, yeah. We're on the road to forced vaccination. We, you know, the, the social media companies have gotten even stronger, right? Hillary Clinton, nothing happened to her. That's well, what the, happened. The, the fact that uh, Trump was the one that was pushing so hard for these vaccines. And now we're seeing a lot of problems with these vaccines, obviously. Look, the bottom line is there is the theater and there is us. We have to stop watching the theater. And the only way to <laughs> disconnect is people have to understand political physics. And, that, and, and to do that, you have to educate people. Our goal is in one year to educate about 50,000 people through the truth, freedom, and warrior. They have to get educated. They don't have the chops. It's like putting someone in front of a piano and saying, start playing or giving someone, oh, go wire that guy's house. That's where we're at. We have a lot of people with passion wearing MAGA hats or whatever, you know, on the left and the right. They don't have any skills. Mm -hmm. and, and they are perfect fodder for being manipulated either left or right. That's what's actually going on, Dan. Fascinating. And mm -hmm. until people get this, you know, finally, a lot of my Trump friends are, wow, Shiva, you're right. Oh my God, he conceded 4.30 a.m. that whatever the house, right, they voted. And then within one hour, yes, I concede. Mm -hmm. 
All this mm-hmm. lawsuit is just being done to keep the Trump base alive, right? It's like wow. you got to keep them alive. Okay, Patriot Party, MAGA Party. <clears throat> it's just another money-making scam. It's not real. And also, it's a way to identify who the who the people are who are willing right. to step forward and, uh, in essence, represent the resistance. Right. It's a way to identify who they want to get rid of. That's why the only way is education is what my great-grandfather said. My great-grandfather was a poor farmer. He would was very frugal with his money, but if anyone in the village needed a book, he would take out as much money and he'd give it to them because he felt education was a key. We have a lot of ignorance right now. And ignorance, as another great individual said, is a source of all suffering. And that's where we're at. We are in prison. We're not going to be saved. There's no Messiah coming to help us. It's us who has to do it. And it's us through education. Us through understanding, oh, when a ball falls, that's called gravity. Oh, there's a not so obvious establishment. Oh, there's the interconnection between truth, freedom, and health. Oh, there's the third principle. You have to build a bottoms up movement. Without these three principles, Dan, there's going to be nothing. People are just mm-hmm. fooling themselves. And I can say that definitively as I can say that you're not going to be able to build a bridge if you don't understand force equals mass times acceleration. Right. You won't be able to do it. You're just fooling yourself. And right. enough right. of the sloganeering. Let's be working get it done. people. Yeah. Let's get it done. Yeah, no, I agree. I uh, My background is in architecture. Well, you know, Dan. I understand exactly what you're saying. And I have to um, I have to tell you, I you you've got me. I'm 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 going to get off. I'm going to sign up right away. Every Monday evenings, I do it. It's a lot of my time, three hours, and then we offer. But the thing is, it's perfect timing because I used to teach this course at MIT. I used to teach it to medical people. I've taught it to a lot of people. Anyone can get this. You, it's mm-hmm. two hours of two years of MIT control systems theory in one hour. That's the first hour. The next two hours, people understand these three principles, and I pound it into them. And then we give them tools that they can study. They can teach it to others. Without these principles, there will be nothing. You, you will enter darkness. You have to. The light comes through the light of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And uh, fortunately, you know, the educational materials here, it's tested. Um, and we have a lot of people want, you know, people say, Shiva, how can I help you? People said, you know, I'll give you money to build the attack on Twitter and Facebook. And that's great. People are donating. But I don't feel t- good taking money unless I can give something back. So the education is what we're giving back. People contribute. And, and, and so we have people who are supporters. And then we're giving them a community dance so they don't feel left out, right? Um, and, then, and, and then we have people who want to become warriors. And, and we have a lot of military people who are very interested because they went to the military. They're very disciplined. They want to learn what the hell's going on. And so we're giving them that theoretical training. Well, you, you mentioned, too, that you're creating uh, new platforms for social media. That's yep. going to be really, really important because we need to have uh, platforms that represent truth. We're, we're running into that all the time. We've had a couple of our uh, programs. Uh, YouTube bans us well, frequently. So. Well, that's what we're doing, Dan. We're, you know, because I know how to write code, you know, so in this platform, you know, we have our own hosted videos. People can take action. As I mentioned, there's this forum here. It's like WhatsApp or Telegram, but not owned by, you know, it's in our own data center, okay? Mm-hmm. The movement's data. So, for example, people are coming in here and they're starting to, you know, ask, you know, they're starting their own discussion threads, okay? So, uh, what is here? So, on the science issue, right? So, the, and, and this stuff works on your, on your, uh, on your iPhone or your, your Android device, et cetera. So people can actually use any of these things to communicate among each other. 
There's also tools, for example, we've also regionalized things. So we have people in Nebraska. So I'm logged in in Massachusetts, but people can also regionally organize, Dan. Mm -hmm. And then we have the, as I mentioned, the social media tools where people can actually, it's, it looks like Facebook, but it's, it's not Facebook, okay? So here's John with his own platform. He can throw up, he can do message, he can get notifications, et cetera, okay, et cetera. And then we mm -hmm. also are offering people the capability where we're gonna offer it shortly to do texting where the messages, and then we also offer people email. This was a tool that I created for the largest Fortune 1000 companies in the world, Dan. Small businesses like you and others can use it. It has the marketing piece, right? You can do sales, you can do service where you can handle trouble tickets. It has email. So all of these components <laughs> we put into one platform. So That's people can get educated, they can use it to support their businesses. Um, and then they can also, and then they have events and then they have a whole, it's a whole range. And then people can get all the course material right here, Dan. But we I'll tell you what, this is fascinating. You, you've really, uh, well, first of all, I have to tell you, you were wise to be your own attorney uh, on these lawsuits because let's face it, how many good attorneys do you know? I don't know many. And it has troubled me a great deal that Rudy Giuliani was uh, Donald Trump's attorney representing him in all this election fraud stuff. I remember Rudy Giuliani after 9-11 uh, talking terror, 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 you know, there, there's a lot of this stuff. It's very, very troubling. Rudy uh, Giuliani was making $100,000 a week. It didn't matter whether Donald Trump won or not. He was making 100,000 bucks a week, as, mm -hmm. as I understand, okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I believe My it. My point is, I mean, Rudy, I mean, they had me in the Arizona hearing. I didn't think they expected me because someone else was about to do it, but that was a big bomb we dropped on Maricopa, if you saw that analysis. Mm -hmm. I did, yeah. So, they didn't expect me to do the real crime scene. They were going to just run a kabuki theater and they still are. Wow. People, the American people need to wake up and realize, do they want celebrities or do they want change? Mm -hmm. And they're going to create their own darkness. It's really up to you and everyone listening. What do you want? You know, what I put together because of the fortune I had to come to this country to go to MIT, learn and to be an activist on the ground is that I've been able to interconnect, you know, you say connecting the dots, those dots, Dan, mm -hmm. and that dots re results in some educational material and capabilities where people can interconnect so they don't have to feel lonely. By the way, one thing people need to understand is that you don't need a lot of people. You need the right education, right, right knowledge. Think right. about this, you know, in the military that people call Navy SEALs, one Navy SEAL can do more damage than an army of 10,000, right? Because mm -hmm. he's gone through this proper training the mind training, the body training, but he's got the right education. One nuclear physicist, the knowledge that one nuclear physicist has is equivalent to a million people just cut down trees all day, right? To burn. One <laughs> nuclear physicist has learned how to understand E equals MC squared, understands the laws of nuclear physics and can smash an atom and create more energy from this much plutonium than a billion trees. So knowledge is power. Absolutely. And, and that's what we're doing here. That's the conclusion I've come to. It's not quantity. It's quality of people who learn this knowledge and go on the ground in the local communities. Forget mainstream media. Forget ever wanting to be on it. Mm -hmm. It's going local. Now, that, that requires a shift in mental change. And that is what needs to be done. If you want truth, freedom and health, otherwise we're going to be further enslaved. But it's up to us. It's not up to any of these people. It is we we are enslaving ourselves. I agree. 
I agree. And so, and think about this, uh, Dr. Shiva, there's seven and a half billion people in the world right now, even a little more than that. Can you imagine if every one of those people were empowered with the kind of uh, understanding and learning that you're talking about, what an incredible place this earth would be? Yeah, that's what we need, Dan. So the fortunate thing is, Dan, when I created this course material, I did it in 2010 to integrate Eastern and Western medicine. I used to teach it at MIT for three hours. Doctors, engineers would show up on one side and all the alternative medicine people. And I would unite them by showing the integration of these scientific principles. And that's what, and I've made it even easier for people to understand since then. So it's like, you know, people donate, they contribute, they get access to the knowledge, they're supporting the infrastructure development. It's like a win, win, win for everyone. Mm -hmm. That's what we need to do. So um, through your resources, Dan, get it out because I have a very clear path how we can actually win. Actually a path. Right now, mm -hmm. no one's even offering a path. I have a very clear path. It, it, it starts with education and it starts with education of these principles and it begins with building community and then it begins with people taking action. You can't just be doing all this, not doing so something locally. And we're, gonna, and we're weaponizing people with tools. This little, you know, <laughs> Three and a half mm -hmm. by two inch card is a little weapon. You can give this to someone. And instead of, you know, 20% of people are never going to be against masks. 20% will always be for masks. It's a 60%. So we don't need to attack them. We can educate them with this kind of revolutionary right. scientific knowledge. And by the way, we'll have cards on this on election integrity, on lockdowns, on digital rights. So these little cards will be like, I don't want to say they're like baseball collector's cards, but people can use these in their communities to educate people. You keep it in your pocket, your hand. Mm -hmm. This is something every working person can do. You know, look, mm -hmm. I'm not here to convince you about masks, but you may want to think about what it's going to do to your teeth. Why don't right. you go read this and just leave I, it I've, there. Yeah. I've, I've been doing the same thing with the Be uh, Great Barrington Resolution. I've been, I had uh, copied a three-page article about uh, that the uh, folks that did the Barrington Resolution came out with. And it, it there's no question about it. Uh, the, the masks are just a, a way of controlling people. They have nothing to do with good health. Absolutely. Yeah, so, the, so, so, so Dan, the strategy here is we want the average working person to say, wait a minute, my gums could bleed. I don't have dental insurance. Employer, if you're going to make me do this, I may get a crooked liability personal injury lawyer and come after you. The employer is going to say, oh my God. <laughs> no, think about what we're doing. The employer may now have to really wake up because right now many of these small businesses, oh my God, the government will shut down my business. The employer has got to think about whether his own employees may shut down his business if they get injured for masks, mm -hmm. right? So then the employer should go back to the state and say, look, if you're going to force my employees to wear masks, I'm going to make, uh, you need to indemnify me against these kinds of damages. So that's the goal here to teach people that these masks, forget the freedom issue, but these masks can actually cause you physical harm. And here's mm -hmm. something you can do about it. Parents, 30% of parents are pulling their skilled kids out of school. So for them, the parents should say, wait a minute, nearly, I mean, I pay a lot in property tax here. So a certain percentage you could say is being allocated to school, which I'm no longer using. Well, you should give me a tax credit on that. So yeah. we want to make people start fighting locally for their own interests, which we want them to follow their own money. Let's give them some enlightened selfishness here. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, you're going to make me do this. Well, I want this. I love it. I love yeah. it. I People on, on the show, I people contact me and they say, Dan, what do we do? I say, just say no. You've stepped beyond that. I really appreciate what you're saying here. Not only do you say no, then you've got a solution 
Uh, you're talking about doing things in a positive way that bring truth to the whole the whole process and educate people and bring us together because education will yep. unite people right yep. we can start breaking down the, the the left and the right they want the dialectic stand they want the mask anti-vax pro-vax anti-vax pro-gmo anti they want the dialectic so they keep the nonprofits alive on both sides they're all making money you know but they don't want a, a, to resolve a problem you have to take a systems approach anyway dan i hope that helped and well nice it does help show. Well, and I have to I have to ask this. I, I have other programs I'd like to see if I can get you back to uh, do this very presentation on other on other uh, formats that I have. And one of them is the uh, Red Pill Expo that we're talking about doing at uh, uh, Rapid City, South Dakota on in June uh, 4th, 5th and 6th. Uh, there's been conversation about uh, having you as one of our uh, one of our primary speakers there. I hope that you would uh, possibly consider that. I know it has to fit your uh, your agenda. Your uh, Dan, uh, was this something they also did in like South Carolina last yeah, year? Yeah. Well, no, we did it at Jekyll Island, Georgia, in the yeah. Fall. A, a friend of mine, Jenny Smith, said you should go, and I think there was some politics there. Well, people. what yeah. it is is uh, mm -hmm. G. Edward Griffin is the uh, founder of it. It's through a group, and you need to check this out called Freedom Force International. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a member. I'm one of the uh, one of the council members, but I'm also the uh, event director for the Red Pill Expo. And uh, Ed and I were talking about having you as a speaker just the other day. And I said, well, we're going to be doing an interview and maybe we can talk about uh, the possibility if after you uh, do the interview. Um, so anyway, it, sure, let, yeah, let, let me know. Let me know what it is. You know, if, if, if the, you know, my intention right now is to find as many people, I believe out of the 75, whatever, 80 million people voted for Trump. Some of them voted because there was an R next to his name. I believe at least half of those people, like 40 million, this is my estimate, are waking up that all of this stuff is Kabuki theater. Yeah. But they, they, they do not have the chops that their mm -hmm. intuition has. And that's what we've developed here. We want to give them the confidence that, yes, you're right. And this is what needs to be done. It's no longer about waiting and waiting because, you know, uh, delay is death. Mm -hmm. You know, waiting is death. And that's what we did for yeah. four years. So right yeah. now it's for time to people act with a very heightened political consciousness. And that's what the training here offers them. And there's nothing like it out there. Well, you can sign me up. I'm, I'm going to okay. go to your website. Well, just go to bhu.com slash join <laughs> and sign up, Dan. Okay. I certainly let everyone will. know because it, there there is a path forward and it starts with education the right education thank you and i'm i'm Thanks. glad we waited uh i'm glad we got you on because uh absolutely fascinating discussion thank you again for joining us and uh i i will talk to you off off air about uh doing another program for me on a different venue all right dan thank well thank you best to you and thank everyone bye-bye thank you bye-bye